Forty chess. Yeah. Forty chess. Huh. Forty chess. Let's get it. Forty chess. This a trade show, Patreon where the trades go Tapping and watch, that's what you came for Ain't gotta say my name, they know my name, bro What's good, man? We got McNutt in ATM Always start off the show with a trade from them You should always make sure that your trade is in Patreon, why not be a Patreon? Know you wish you could spend every day with them Tap in and say what you gonna say with them Stop harming and fill up a stadium Next time you log in, make sure that you bring a friend We about to kick off, let the day begin Go follow the socials, 40 chess FF is posted If your trade is an F, you get roasted Go like and subscribe for the crew Apple, Spotify, and the YouTube You know Cooper got the wall too Let us give you a walkthrough 40 chess This is 40 chess What's good, everybody? Welcome back into the 40 Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. And this is a very special one. Episode 100, Adam. We made it. We made it to 100, boy. Do you ever think that was going to happen? Way back when we started that garage fund, uh, garage band. <laughs> Man, heck <laughs> no. Podcast back in the day. <laughs> heck no. I remember uh, 100. I remember vividly, like, you know, we. When we started our own, just the South Harmon Patreon, we we only did a Patreon just because we didn't want to actually have to pay for the RSS feed, you know, and right. we figured that was for free, but, <clears throat> and we just charge everyone the lowest we could a dollar a month and just, you know, have a little, you know, 30, 40 people in there and a hundred, I didn't even think we'd be doing one episode of 40 chess, frankly. I remember that first call we had and to even think we, we were going to start this journey, man. We were freaking out like little kids again, you know, Joe Flacco style. Yeah. I feel like I'm 10 again, you know? Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. A hundred. It kind of just hits different. I know we've been counting up and every week I put one up, you know, it's, you know, 90, 91. Just, just feels different when you get the three digits, right? A hundred. But here's the many more. hundred times <clears throat> the 4D Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. How you doing, man? Your you Cleveland Browns are hanging in, right? Yeah, man. Fantasy I mean, regular season's over. <laughs> l- listen, <laughs> it's... Playoffs. You know, it's uh, it's small victories over here this time of year. You know, um, nothing's changed. We're we're on our fourth quarterback. Um, you know, before the season's over, but uh, we're the one thing that has changed, Mike, is we're we're winning we're winning games, ugly or not. So we'll take it, man. In Cleveland, we will take it. A hundred episodes is honestly crazy for me, and uh, yeah, to many more. Um, the journey's been incredible. We appreciate everyone tapping in. Dynasty degenerates, all the shitheads. Everybody rocking with us. We still can't believe it that you've been listening to us for 100 episodes. So good on you guys. Man, hands down, my best year in fantasy football, too. Doing Dynasty. Let's Doing uh, dynasty. let's have so, the McNutted, let's have the McNutted stroking. You know, go, what is there a better time than on the 100 episode? So last night, you know, as soon as the uh, the record started updating, which is about 1130, I think I've said it on one of these shows, Central. Yeah. 12.30 my right, time, yep. Right, for trade deadlines, the whole thing. About 11.30 is when they start. You get some leagues here and there, and I'm like, ah. Kids got COVID. I'm not going to work tomorrow, so, you know, I'll be home. That's why we're doing a podcast during the day. Um, 
so I started updating leagues, right? Going through all those leagues I commissioned, doing draft orders and who won the regular season championship, who's getting money and just making sure all that stuff was pinned. And then today I finished it up and I'm like, hey, while I'm here, (laughs) while I'm looking at it, why don't we just keep a record? Like, I feel like this fantasy season has been pretty good, but Adam, I'm telling you, boy, it's the best I've ever had, ever, ever. It's setting up for a hell of a fantasy playoffs where uh, your boy be swimming in some money here. I kind of like it. (laughs) kind of like it. Who, so, who doesn't like swimming in some money? T Rock says, uh, "Am I the only one who feels like they are drinking at at a bar at like ten thirty, seeing these guys in the daylight?" <laughs> Listen, I went OG on it. So was out last night, my dad's birthday yesterday, so celebrating all kind of stuff. And Mike, I had to go, you know, old school. So the McDonald's Coke just hits a little different. You know, it's a little, I don't know, sweet special, or something, man. Yeah, something with it. Did you ever? Did you, you ever see it. that? Did you uh, ever no. See why? Uh, I don't actually. No, I didn't see why. Mm-mm. Coke well, I know why this one's provide. special. It's because we put a little, you know, put a little of this in so, there. Yeah, yeah. Well, Coke will only provide it in uh, steel canisters to McDonald's. Like, they have a special agreement. So Oh, so it's not the like standard Wendy's, syrup deals. Got it. If you're like Wendy's, it comes in a, you know, a fucking bag. Yeah, you get a bag, it goes in a box, and then it goes through a big uh, carbonated. So that's what you see at Applebee's, all the places I worked there's at a, as a kid. There's a special agreement between Coke and McDonald's where they're the only ones who get it in steel canisters. That's why it tastes different, bro. Well, this one tastes different because of the steel canister and because of the Woodford Reserve. But anyway, um, sorry to cut you off. Keep keep going about your money you're going to be rolling in, man. Everyone's wanting to hear it. So redraft leagues. Uh, I got three of them. Two out of the three, I'm in the playoffs. My home league redraft. Who would have known that Mike was a redraft guy? (laughs) No, no, no. Only three of them. them 66%? One of them's the uh, the South Harmon executive, which I did. Right? I let us down pretty big time, you know. Well, Mike, yeah, you, you, you never fucking us. paid attention to it all year. No, I did. I paid attention to it just fine. I was like, "Listen, this team sucks. Um, it's over." Dude, I feel like Cam Akers tore his fucking Achilles like 15 weeks ago. He's Let's still see. on your roster. Oh yeah, for sure. Now at this point, like it's a it's a a redraft it's that a we're rebuilding in, but you, that's not it's how that works, week. you know. But yeah, two out of the three. Uh, the one I do for my dad. Uh, that one's in the playoffs as a two seed, and then uh, my uh, my South Harmon versus the executives, boy, that's in the playoffs. My home league, I'm fucking horrible. I'm dead last. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I did uh strikes again. My home league redraft, I did awful in this year too. Actually, I do have a uh, Eric. I hate to do this to you, buddy, but I'll I'm gonna drag Eric into this. Uh, Eric drafted my team. We were sitting there. Oh man, this is gonna be awesome. We had but we got Burrow and Watson. In rounds one and two, it's a super flex league, heavy quarterback scoring, you know, quarterback running back scoring. It's a standard league, so gross, you know. And uh, Mike, let's just say we hit every injury bug we could. I'm currently going to be starting, well, I'm in the toilet bowl now, but be starting, uh, you know, a hodgepodge. It's a, it's going to be stick this week, so mm. nice loss, that, that one. So lineup, I got six leagues. Adam, three of them are in the playoffs. I got a, a one seed, a six seed, and a three seed. So the six <laughs> seed, I just did sneak in in the lineup. But lineup, we'll see what happens in the playoffs, man. Variance is a hell of a fucking thing in one yeah. week elimination here in, in lineup. <laughs> Random shit happens, but not too bad. 50%, the other three, I, I was tanking from jump. Jump three, <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, we're good. Best ball, 28 leagues. 28 best ball leagues, Adam. 20 of them. Are in the fucking playoffs, twenty out of twenty-eight. It was wild to me. Yeah, a couple Ooh. of those were teams that you weren't expecting to compete in and turned them in, right? This year, like, oh, really? all right, yeah. hey, 
let's uh, let's move some of these picks I've been sitting on, you know, burning yes, a hole sir. in my pocket. Draft picks wise, I secured four one on ones. These are just like my actual picks, right? Not if I own somebody else's, but my own. Four one oh ones, three one oh twos, two one oh threes, two one oh fours, only one one oh five and one one oh six. So that's the numbers that I didn't want to have a whole lot of because that usually means bad things, right? Team that was trying to compete and I fucked it up. <laughs> I fucked it up and now I don't have a great draft pick or uh <laughs> or a competitive roster. Uh, I mean Percentage wise, you'll take. You'll, listen, you got to have a few, you know, learning lesson teams, you know. Yeah, a few of them. Uh, for underdog too, man, it's been a good underdog year. So, but zero for ten in the uh, the super flex big board. Oh uh, man, the, the one that was before the NFL draft. Yep. Uh, I drafted a lot of rookie running backs. Right, twenty three running back class. Here we go. You know, a lot learning. of Zach Evans. There's a there's a another learning. Millers. There's another learning experience, right? Yeah, we're done with that. But uh, rebounded nicely. Two out of 15 in the Poodle are moving on, and two out of 15 in Best Ball Mania 4 are moving into the finals. And uh, one of those teams, Adam, 5,640. Won me a cool 250 bucks for being in the top 10,000 in Best Ball Mania 4. And then Christian Kirk, Adam, pray for me. Christian Kirk, we just need him back at some point this year. I need 14 fucking receiving yards from Christian Kirk to hit a $100 five-leg prop bet that I put on underdog at the beginning of the year. Is uh, What are the odds of him returning at some point this season? Well, we're heading into week 15. They didn't throw him on IR, so looks like we're doing okay, right? Oh, he, he didn't get put on IR? Oh, I didn't I see that part. I don't believe he got put on IR. Okay. That's, I mean, uh, all I need is a miracle. Right. Just one game. Just come back week eight. Come on, baby. Catch one, one catch, fifteen, yard, 15 one yards. Fourteen yard. 14, Listen, you can come in. You can come in and you know re-injure it if you have to. But just get that fifteen yards. So maybe there's a scenario where I get them for one game at the end of the year. That's all I need, though. But uh, yeah, those over bets. I was betting receiving yardage overs for Amon Ra, DJ Moore, CD Lamb, uh, Christian Kirk, and I don't remember who the other one was, but uh, I had five of them. All, all of them have hit except for Christian Kirk. He's 14 yards away. Nice. So, uh, I mean, sounds like you're pretty – couldn't be having much better of a year, you know, overall. Not too bad. Now we just need some of these to go into the finals. And then, of course, there's quite a few of those best ball leagues where you you win regular season championships. So you get your entry fee back. Or, yeah. Uh, some of the cases it's like double the entry fee. So we're already in the uh, – Regular season champ, points for – You see go. some of those – we have a lot of those different variances in the leagues that you're commissioning, right? You have a uh, points for champ, regular season champ, uh, a few other sprinkles you have in some of those leagues, right? Well, Zach does say Christian Kirk is on IR. Must have missed that one. Yeah, okay. I was going to say if he missed IR, that would be pretty awesome. So, yeah. All right, well, hey, you got all those teams in the playoffs, right? Right. Well, he can be back, uh, what, he missed last week, so four games. He can be back uh, week 17, 18. He he could be back week eighteen. Yes, he 14, could. 15, 16, 17. could be. Sing it right, one more time. All you're I need is a miracle. You're telling me there's a chance. Yep. <laughs> um, I I didn't go through the lineup. I didn't go through all the big specifics that Mike did today. But I am in twelve playoffs, Mike. Uh, I'm right at thirty leagues, so I'm in twelve playoffs. Um, I have three buys, and Mike, I have the worst part though is that I have four teams that were the seven seed. And that is how you thread not that's how you not thread the needle, you know? 
I uh, I know this Adam because I was doing all the leagues that updated, and I was like, I'm typing way too much of Adam's fucking name at the, the sixth I had, fucking rookie pick. I had <laughs> I had four you. seven seeds, which honestly, Mike, that that right there is like the worst for for anybody. Like that's the uh, the quintessential what we tell you not to do, right? Oh, it's terrible. But right? not not what you want. Listen, have. man, I'll take it. You know, it's four it's four leagues that uh, you know I got to do better in next year. <clears throat> um. I think that let's see, two of them are lineup leagues actually, Mike. So, in my lineup leagues, I'm in let's see, I'm in three lineup leagues, two of which I am in the playoffs, uh, one of which I'm out. The one league, Mike, so that I missed, crazy. Check this out. So I'm in. I made a trade with T Rock about three, three, four weeks ago, and I was looking to bow out. <clears throat> so this is a team I had three quarterbacks that I thought really good of and. Here, let me just give you the quick quick synopsis is Dimes, dead. Watson, dead. Dak's been awesome, but he can't carry a team. He, he actually, well, stay with the story. You, you think he can't carry a team. So you're saying, all right, let me pivot out. T-Rock has Mahomes and Hurts. Like, all right, this is a perfect trade. Like, here, T-Rock, you go, you go give this league hell, right? So he buys Swift and, you know, a couple of their players. I get a first from him. Fast forward to this week here. He got every bad luck draw that you could like he's playing almost all the most points for <laughs> so we're sitting in this in the scenario where he's the eight seed I'm the seven seed I'm playing the six seed but like this is the thing I I've gutted this team to the point where like I'm starting Charbonnet I'm starting you know Gabe Davis like but Mike I have Dax just going bananas in this league I have just a guy some people that are carrying it but the more and more I look at it I'm like I really do not want to now leverage some of the capital that I've garnished right I've garnered all this cap capital I don't want to leverage this in to probably get bounced in the playoffs so looked at a couple deals with T-Rock and I'm like listen I appreciate it but I'm probably going to pass so it's the game last night guy I'm playing as Derrick Henry I have DeAndre Hopkins on the goal line there at the last drive I'm down two and I'm like oh my gosh if I end up winning this game T-Rock, we might need to make a uh, – if I end up going to the playoffs, like we might need to make a last-second deal. So we get it all drawn up, and Derrick Henry runs it in to send me home just to <laughs> make it all not not anything and make it go to the seventh seed again. So <laughs> that was uh, that was my um, – I guess we call it a blue balls, you know? Like I didn't really want to go in the playoffs, and I almost got in, and then I didn't. So that was oh, my blue man. balls experience. But – I mean, uh, over, yeah. Overall, still pretty happy. I, I, a lot of those teams I had were uh, intentionally rebuilding, but I had I had four to six teams that definitely were not what I was looking for this year. Now, I'm really looking forward to this uh, this South Harmon versus the executives, though. Right? One, we got to represent for South Harmon. All right. Yes, yes, you do. I want I want Cody and Maddie to be the ones, you know, eating the the one chip challenge or whatever sure. spicy death concoction we come up with. And two, like. I'm kind of selfish amongst all the South Harmon guys. Like, I hope I win because I want to I put that belt right back here, man. That championship belt. Absolutely. 16 motherfucking teams entered and only one left, and that was me. <laughs> yep. We <laughs> got a... <clears throat> when everybody got... gave me shit for drafting injured running backs, suspended running backs, and three quarterbacks in a single quarterback league, guess who got it? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> this guy right here. Still rocking Quentin Johnson. Still second place in our... South Harmon side, you know, doesn't matter, man. Doesn't matter. Just wait, just wait. He's taking off. Easton Stick's gonna lock him in the playoffs, man. Wouldn't that be something? Um, but anyway, uh, 
Well, actually, Mike, do you have any more gloating you want to do for the? No, no, no. It's just been a really good year, and I think it's, no, it's good. It's kind of it all speaks to some of these processes. You know, when we yeah. do the the show at the end of the year, and we're always talking about our biggest failures, learning from those and moving on, and kind of leads us into today's episode or today's topic, talking about trading and trading strategy because most of us play dynasty now. These redraft leagues. Uh, no trades. I don't think I've made any trades in a redraft league all year. So this is just bring what you. I made. I made one, but they're so they're so one offs. It's like you know, a, the team that you're playing that that you're trading with needs a specific skill player. You know, a wide receiver, running back swap that whatever right. is not on waivers. It's it's so few and far between. There's no there's not as much strategy in it, frankly. You know, there's no reason for someone to take anything that's not contending. Everybody wants the same thing. Everything in Dynasty, your success, whether that's success getting the draft picks that you need to help you rebuild, uh, whether that's uh, building a contender, you know, if I'm going 20 for 28 in best ball leagues making the playoffs, you best believe trades were a giant part of that, right, if not the biggest part. So I probably got lucky and hit, hit some pieces, right, or did my due diligence and drafted the right rookies or drafted the right players in a startup. You know, Alvin Kamara was a, a bit massive boon because you're getting him in the ninth, tenth round. Like, those things happen. Uh, there's some luck involved, right? Your your quarterbacks don't go down. You get injured. You don't got to fight everybody else. But, Adam, I'm telling you, a majority of it, what you can control, trades and the art of the deal. So, yeah, definitely. 100th I, episode. I was actually going to It wouldn't be 4D chess without talking about trading, would it? No, gosh, no. I think I think one of our best deals – we've had some good ones, I think. So I don't want to – this is not to slight any of our podcasts. Uh, I'm sure, though, everyone listening, you can slight plenty of them, right? Uh, you listen slight to 100 of them. But I think one of our better ones was the uh, the art of the deal in trading. So th- this felt like the right time to go and go back through. I think from the reality, Mike, you think back, okay, the first 4D chess podcast we did. The 22 class, right? We're talking about Sam Howell and all these guys. And we think about, I mean, at that point, Mike and I had no idea what each other looked like, right? All I knew was he had the Sam Howell avatar um, for about, you know, a year. That's all I knew him as, is Sam Howell in a Carolina jersey, talking into a blank screen, you know? Yeah. And fast forwarding now to, you know, you just talked about all those teams you got in. Um, I've still... I hit some bad luck this year, but I still actually feel pretty good about um, my teams and I feel great about the process we are, we're building. So I think now more than ever is a good time to discuss too how the process has evolved, how it's different for you and I over a hundred, over a hundred episodes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Big thing. I know for me, the, the first thing I'll say right off the bat is the, the more and more leagues I do, the more and more assholes you run into uh, <laughs> in trading, like the more and more, what the fuck's this dude's problem? I would say because we're uh, in so many leagues together. Is that what you're trying to say? I think so. I think so. But the more and more, like, okay, whatever. Um, I, the biggest change for me in trading too is, you know, when I'm only in, you, know, you think back to when we started. I might have been in ten leagues, fifteen leagues at that <clears> time. Yep. wasn't anything like this. Um, like that, I had more time. I had more time to be an asshole, <laughs> right, and to burn bridges forever. <laughs> And now uh, you kind of see the importance of not burning the bridges. So I think that's probably been the biggest change. Like you, you encounter the asshole in the trade chat and you just go, yeah, I'm good. Okay. Sure, buddy. Bye. And you just move on and you go about your day. And sometimes I'll go right back to that person like next week to make a trade because I forgot completely that we had this fucking 
you know, whatever, whatever shot they wanted to take at me in the, the trade or some stupid thing that they did. Uh, it's very few and far between. And I would say that most of the time, if I'm being like belligerent in the, the trade chat, it's either like you push me to the limit or like, I know you, you know, I know you, you're, you're a patron. You're, you're like somebody who's in the discord. We've had a lot of interactions or we've been in leagues together for, ad, for a while. Like you, you're close. Like it's a friendly, I fucking hate your guts. Like I told Liebert the other day, Liebert's a pain in the ass to trade with, but I told him like, I hope he freezes to death up in Canada, like wherever the fuck he's at. He's in and the Mike, And for those that <laughs> dynasty degenerates, Mike really meant that when he said that. Though, I actually way. did. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> some, some things in a hundred episodes don't change, you know? Yeah, some things don't. But I think that's probably been my biggest change from, you know, episode one till now, Adam, is just understanding, too, that I need these fucking idiots <laughs> to build a team. I need them uh, to be at least semi-cordial so I can make deals, uh, even if they're they're complete window lickers. You know, the guys who, who send you the counter back where it's like, yeah, I'll give you a third for your Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, thanks, asshole. <laughs> I'll get right on that one. So... Not blowing those dudes off. I think, uh, you know, just in general, not blowing dudes is probably a good thing for me. But not blowing dudes off. <laughs> so I'm, well, I'm glad to hear that 100 episodes in, you stopped doing that. Because that was that was something we were going to have to talk about, buddy. It just wasn't. Hey, it you wasn't, you know. You do what you got to do, man. It was off air. But um, anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, Mike, you, you talked about basically, you know, dealing with the peasants or not just making them um not just making fun of them in in league chat and throwing gifts at them and tell them to piss off right trying to even when they're maniacal even when they're the biggest nuisance you could possibly ever imagine yes you don't know when you may need them maybe it's not today maybe today when you have your explicit fun at their expense you know it's all good but maybe you, you go into the three-week window um, before the playoffs, Mike. You're trying to you're trying to get that fifth or sixth seed, right? In best ball, your roster constructed probably pretty good, right? You've had some things go against you. You're trying to get in the playoffs. You're like, damn it. I need that maniacal bastard now, you know? I I need him, and I haven't burned a bridge, so I think it's a good one. Um, for me, Mike, I think you, so much has changed in not just the game itself. Like, think about when we started doing this how much the dynasty game has changed. For example, we were big proponents. I can tell you all the wrong things we did. Uh, I can tell you the wrong things we do right now. But we were big proponents of the running back when we first started this podcast, right? And, yeah, uh, shit. You, you heard my underdog super flex big board trapped. There's a reason it went 0 for 10. Fucking well, Kendra Miller and Zach Evans, bro. Uh, as of April, I was still big into running backs. Well, Mike, you know, is a you know big tree fall hard type thing. He... He had to keep swinging at the running backs. But li- listen, I-, I think the reality is, though, the game has changed a lot, right? The running back position as a whole is not valued anymore. And that's literally you're talking about like four positions, like tight ends, which don't matter, running backs now, which don't matter, receivers and quarterbacks. But one of the most important positions still actually to winning is running back, but it's it's a completely devalued position. So you have to make big time pivots. And Mike, I got news for you. Some some of the teams that are rebuilding um, on the 30 that I have that are not making the playoffs, they're teams that were invested the wrong way in the wrong assets. And it's like, okay, well, this isn't going to be ready for next year. You know, it's – I don't even have my first next year. Uh, this is going to be a couple-year rebuild. 
And I think when you go through all these different leagues and you start upping your leagues, you start realizing a lot about yourself and the way you trade and the way that you deal with people. And Mike, for me, I think as I've really upped the leagues substantially, you know, when we, when we first started doing this podcast, Mike, I think I was in like five or six leagues. You were in 10, 15, something like that. Next year we went to, I was in the teens this year. I'm, I'm at 30 leagues, man. I'm at six times as many leagues as I was in. Right. I have found though that now with this many leagues, the way that I have to deal and the way that I used to deal, there's a lot of differences. So for example, one of the things I think I was best at still am really good at is understanding league dynamics. I think that's what this podcast really is based on, right? Quarterback hoarding is for those that don't know, it's impossible to do in a portfolio because (laughs) there's no scarcity in a portfolio, right? There's, there's scarcity technically, but you don't know what, what league is what. Yeah, you got 15 shares of Dak Prescott. Okay, how's that going to quarterback hoard? It's not how that works. <laughs> you quarterback hoard in an individual league, right? So when you go to a portfolio mindset, like some of the things change. And you have to start dealing in ways of, okay, do I care about certain players having too much exposure? Yes or no? Do I? Am I actually going to be able to have the time in 30 leagues to go through some of these intricacies and dynamics that I used to in five. No. And so I I think as a, as a broad start, Mike, there's a lot that's changed and I think there's a lot to get into and right or wrong. I think there is so much to discuss for right now as learning. And then also like how the game is going to evolve and continue to evolve and in ways that we can, I think, exploit that. I think it sets up a pretty good dynamic between us too, because you have always, from day one of us being a uh, together on the podcast, right, been very. Let me, let me say the roots probably go back to like the Mike Lou days, right? Shout out to the OG Mike Lou, right? About really understanding dynamics within your league, right, and understanding markets within your league, and you've always been fantastic about it, the league dynamics. I have listened and I have applied some of it. But you know, from day one of this podcast, I've always been on the the micro, uh, the macro level of going. You know, people ask me, "Well, that's not really the market, in my league." And I said, "Well, fucking make it the market." <laughs> like I operate from the the market is the market as a whole. I understand there's probably some intricacies within your league, but I operate well, on the the macro yeah, level and you know, the portfolio aspect of it. And to your point, like you're saying, you you operate from the well. If that's not the market, I'm going to influence the market to be my way right 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 um so i think it's always been a really good dynamic from you like where you really do thrive because i've seen you have intense trade negotiations and i always wonder how you pull off some of these deals it's because you're understanding league dynamics you're understanding the intricacies of the the psychology of the person you're dealing with right you understand all those little nuances and then there's also a reason why you see me on the other hand like why i'm able to pull off you know, like last week, seven or eight deals for Clyde Edwards-Solaire because I just go league by league. Here's what I'm willing to offer. Take it or fucking leave it. Done. Yeah, like portfolio. I'm, I'm going to go yeah. spam out. Like I want to buy Clyde Edwards-Solaire in best ball. So you have, yep. you said 28 best ball leagues, right? So you yep. filter out the eight that you don't want to contend in. You're not contending Correct. in, right? So now you got 20 leagues that you're saying, okay, if I don't have CEH, which knowing you, you probably didn't in almost any of those leagues. Not a whole lot. <laughs> maybe a couple of them sprinkled in because you couldn't get rid of it. Right. But so now you throw out 15, 17 offers for something you think can get done. Yeah. The portfolio mindset there is 
uh, is great. And I think I'm, I'm not taking anything away from that, by the way. I think, mm-hmm. I think the reality is the portfolio mind is something that is added to the, to the mix. And I think when you get the best of both worlds, it's, it's really dangerous. And would you, like, would you say you need more patience to operate on the micro level though? Like you have to have better people skills, <laughs> well, more patience to deal with, with people. I think, I think yes. And I think not necessarily though. I think, see, the reality is though, when I've upped my leagues, Mike, and this is where like going into this next year, I'll have to kind of assess how many more I, more I add because mm-hmm. the reality is if it's not really necessarily, it is patience. Yes, it is people skills. It, it, it's kind of just being able to see and read the board, right? It's like a game of poker in a way, right? Just reading the room. But the reality is Mike, if you were able to, let's say, play a game of poker and it's just you reading everyone on that table it's one game right you're reading these people but if you were to say okay simultaneously like if you're on your computer now you're playing poker let's say you had the the dynamic you could actually see into the 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 room just fine but you got five other monitors up right you're saying okay i can see all this thing you could maybe balance that if you're ridiculously you know gifted or some shit then you go to you got twenty plus monitors. It's not patience. It's how, which ones are you going to actually be able to Focus put on. your time into to really play that dynamic, right? Because the reality is you can't play that dynamic thirty different leagues. You can't. You can't. You don't have the ability to track it. You don't have the ability to do that across all of them. Now you made what 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 will probably end up happening is you play the portfolio game, right, across all your leagues because that's that's the in a big portfolio that's it makes a ton of sense there's so many different ways you can win in the portfolio right like you just said ceh somebody that people are probably begging to get off of like holy crap someone sent me an offer for clyde edwards hilaire <laughs> yes Thank please God. right and mike's like listen here you can have these fours okay i'm already in the money in 20 i'm in 20 different playoffs i don't care if this bet loses me out i want to fill out the back of my roster i can get it done there's so many different portfolio ways you can do that same thing on the auto accept trade block with players you want to sell that are peaking right it's tenfold but the reality is when you're doing the the more the micro dynamics you're going to have the ability to focus on a handful of leagues but not do that across all of them so um there's a little bit of push and pull with how you Hmm. how how you can actually execute some of these things in a certain number of leagues and how some of them you're like hey i'm just gonna this league i'm just playing portfolio game right you gotta just play the process you can which is still awesome like you still can win leagues tons of leagues like this making sure in best ball that you're you know you're, you're hitting the waiver wires as, as often as possible getting all your free pickups you're hitting you know auto accept trade block and making trades when you can and every now and again put in some micro dynamics right okay shoot down a couple quarterbacks how the hell did this happen well it's not just you it's the whole it's the whole dynasty right now so some of those you gotta then go ahead and hit some of the micro dynamics but uh, I think I just wanted to lay that out there because I think there's a lot of different things to talk about through this trading lens, and a lot of it's really good, man. A lot of it is things that you can really exploit in your leagues depending on what your situation is. Yeah, yeah, there are some things. Uh, Adam, we're talking about this, and I'm thinking about what has changed from episode you know, one till now as far as trading dynamics go. And I think one of the biggest things for me too has also been doing what, what's uncomfortable for most people. Like being willing to do what's uncomfortable, right? Big time. You see, you see this pushback I get all the time, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's something I said on a you know a YouTube comment like this one. We'll probably have one, but uh, when we get to playoff time, 
or I'm in contender mode here. We're in down the final stretch. Dynasty value is fucking irrelevant to me. Okay. Like I don't care about your dynasty value. It does not matter to me. If I'm in the playoffs and I have a realistic shot, I will use dynasty value to, to craft trades that are in my favor. But the only thing I'm really trying to get on the other side is redraft value is the here and the now, right? So a good example, Zay Flowers is an awesome young dynasty wide receiver, right? Say Keenan Allen still had Justin Herbert for the fantasy playoffs. Ideally, where I want to end up is my Zay Flowers for your Keenan Allen, okay? I will use dynasty value to say that you have to throw a plus on top, though. Whether that's a second-round pick back, I can use somewhere else. Whether that's a, a running back, Ezekiel Elliott, whether it's a best ball league, and I'm going, like, give me Zeke and Logan Thomas and Keenan Allen, I'll give you Zay Flowers. Let's do the one for three. <laughs> Let me get the old aging vets. I think doing those kind of things that make people generally feel uncomfortable has been a big change for me where I'm do- willing to do it. And you saw it a, a couple years ago with best ball, when best ball became a thing. And how I'm selling one Jonathan Taylor or one Kyle Pitts for four or five pieces. People go, that's disgusting, Mike. Why would you ever do that? You'll never make that dynasty value ever back up. And lo and behold, you, but you, don't, you end up but, winning the league. But, the different, <laughs> but that's the problem is it, you're operating from different lenses of looking at things, right? It's you, you're, you're not disagreeing with them. No, I won't make that dynasty value back up, Correct. but I'm not trying to. I right. I made the trade without the you, you, you guys think I'm doing this like I'm an idiot. I mean, you, I know you think I'm an idiot, but you think I'm doing this for the dynasty value? You think I'm making this trade for the dynasty value? It has no. nothing to do with that, right? I think that's another thing that's changed, Mike, um with the way things are going. The I I think moving forward in the next offseason, it'll be interesting to see what the shifts of players go because it feels like to me, Mike, since we started doing 40 for the first time, since we started doing South Harmon, um, you know, this, the original shit show, right? Once a week for three, four hours, something insane. The, the, the lens is changing, even in the community, a lot more pushing the needle on the redrafts, like mindset, right? When you get into these leagues. And I think if that continues to be the case, it'll be interesting to see how that progresses with the space because right now this this last offseason mike that was one of the easiest ways to get yourself out of a rebuild and into a contender trading away chris alaves garrett wilson's i'm not even telling you that they couldn't have hit when we made those trades we didn't say they're not going to be able to hit and play with the big guys we said that you can get an old guy plus and we know the old guy's going to hit right like all the old guys that you traded for are top 10, top 12 warp options for those, right? Tyreek Hill, yeah. uh, Stefan Diggs. I mean, you, you name them, right? So um, th- th- if that continues to be exploitable, I mean, we're going to do that until someone listens to us. But the reality is I think that that might start to shift, and it feels like people are already shifting a little more to the redraft mindset, which will be interesting to see how then again you adapt to trades. It will too. Uh, but you also have the opposite end of the spectrum on it too, where I'd even I've adapted to do trades for my rebuilding teams that are uncomfortable, right? Like I'm I'm willing 
more willing to send away youthful guys more than ever, right? Because I understand the value of just having draft picks. They're always just a fucking number. They're always just a number until we get to the rookie draft. And then, like, people lose their minds for how great these players are going to be, right? And they get blasted up the boards. I don't know how many more years of data we need to show, you know, based on ADP. We will do startups in January. We will do startups in February. And we will draft just placeholders. We will draft rookie pick numbers at them. You draft the 105 in February, where that goes relatively in a startup compared to where that 105 is going to go come, you know, June. <laughs> Holy Santa Claus shit. It just skyrockets up these boards. Like it does. Understanding that when I'm rebuilding here in November, and I finally just said, fuck it, I'm done. Like I, I can't do this no more. My My team is not here. Being willing to sell these players, even some like semi-youthful ones, some guys that you think have some pretty good certainty, and being willing to take 80 cents, 90 cents on the dollar, because you understand come April, June, this is going to be a plus EV move for your fantasy team, that's the uncomfortable part of the rebuilder that I think I'm more more willing to do now than I think I ever have been. And especially if you look back from episode one where it's like, oh, I'm always trying to extract 100% of the value. I'm always trying to get, you know, what's the market say? You know, what's the market say? What, what should I be getting for my portfolio? Adam, I'm probably going to start at 95% of what market says. And if they counter back at 90%, I just hit the button accept and we move on. Good yeah, because. You. Damn, Mike lost that trade. So well good talk talk to me again in june and let me know if i lost that trade <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't really matter on an individual one trade basis anyway right okay yeah. fine i lost that trade keep you guys keep trading with me I think i'm bad at trading but um yeah that that point mike i has been something from the beginning of time uh but must have been podcast that i've been a big proponent of is just leveraging the hell out of classes um the combination of everything you just said plus leveraging again that goes back to microdynamics though too right it's the same thing as quarterback hoarding it's i have eight first round picks in this class i have one year one i've had 12 one i had 10 it's like now the combination of that leverage plus the fact that it's all reset youth right so every one of these players you draft even if you have to press the button on them has a window in time where everyone's going to fawn over these young guys and then the other crazy part is in the first part of the year because right now everyone's really going to start focusing on winning titles, right? Not that they haven't before, but you know what happens for like the first month, six weeks, seven weeks even? Is there's a little bit of that carryover from the giant window in time where it's the youth movement, right? And the reason I, I say that and highlight that is because you'll have, you know, a pop game from Zay Flowers. You have any one of these guys that has a really good week or two in a row or three in a row. I'm flipping for a profit right now you know, on a contender or a rebuilder, right? Because I, I don't know what Zay Flowers rest of his career holds. I like him, but you're going to give me, you know, a first and a second. Okay. Well, love you Zay Flowers, but it's time to go. Right. And, uh, those, those type of process moves again, that, that one there isn't, is a portfolio move. That's not a like league dynamic specific one, right? That's just a, Hey, Zay Flowers has hit a point now that, and across all my leagues, if I get an offer like this, I just I'm just gonna take it. Especially in best ball, where <laughs> I can now roll those for two different pieces of liquidity. Right? It's those type of moves over and over. Um, they're that combined with the youth movement and just having picks versus players. P 
the interesting thing too, buddy, like you, you touched on this, and this is this is about trading, but it, it goes to both, right? You hit on the point about uh, rookie picks and having you know a majority of the class. People still think that's a bad thing, for the most part, and I don't understand why. Now, not people of this audience, and right? if you're listening to the Forty Chess Dynasty Football Podcast, you've heard us talk about this, right? We put yeah. the data out there. Yep. But just again, just to reiterate it, Adam, I've seen you have an entire class, 1 through 12, the whole fucking thing. And people go, oh, that's terrible. You shouldn't, you've messed up if you made every pick. Has he? Has he? Like, think about this one. We do these drafts pre-NFL draft too, Adam. Like, oh, yeah. So, so the risk is even <laughs> higher, <laughs> even higher. And we've had multiple big misses. But we've also had multiple giant hits. Um, think about this one, Adam, the one I can think of, Anthony Richardson. Bijan Robinson, hit, hit. C.J. Stroud, hit. Bryce Young, probably a miss. Pretty, I'm, pretty I'm, big so far, miss. I'm not saying he can't recoup any value, I'm, but so I'm far gonna, to date, I'm, miss. I'm gonna say miss if they're not worth what the pick was that it took to took him. And you took him at the 104. That's a miss. He's not worth that <clears> anymore. Right. JSN 105, hit. Probably still <clears> there. Yeah, I mean, I'd put it as neutral. Like it's he, he's. He's retained value. He's not lost, really. He's definitely not gained. Jameer Gibbs, hit. Yeah, that one's a hit. Will Levis, miss. Yeah, at that price, he's a miss, for sure. Kendra, miss. Big miss. Charbonnet, miss. Pretty big miss. Zay Flowers, big hit. That's a win for, what was that, like 110 there? Yep. Josh Downs, miss. Jalen Hyatt, miss. So, just, just so you know, there's misses, right? Bryce Young. Miss, but he still got value because he's a quarterback, young quarterback in Superflex. There's still people who trade a random first for him. Um, JSN, okay, Will Levis, Kendra Miller, Zach Charbonnet, Josh Downs, Jalen Hyatt. So you're talking about the 7, the 8, the 9, the 11, and the 12. Those are your misses. Now, when you hit so much on C.J. Stroud, could you trade the 24, 107, the 108, the 111 and the 112 and get CJ Stroud today? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, that's, that's, that's a that's a very league-dependent question. I'd, I'd imagine a lot of times no, but maybe. Yeah, I'll say maybe. I just covered four of the misses of those fucking 12 Adams, so you're pretty happy if you walked away with CJ Stroud and you're like, doesn't mm. really fucking matter, man. <laughs> doesn't matter if I missed on half this class. Well, that's CJ Stroud right, and it covers up for all the bad shit. But see that that's one of the things where it's such a fallacy is it's not just okay on your misses now right <clears throat> there's a couple things on the misses you have the ability to trade out before it hits rock bottom okay I, listen on some of these teams where I had a lot of draft picks uh, not to just mention yours but I traded Quentin Johnson twice to you for Puka Nakua that's a hit all of a sudden right I yep. I'm not saying I don't still have Quentin Johnson shares but I've also traded Quentin Johnson at one point for Brandon Ayuk and I had to add in a third I believe so like this isn't to well, gloat you, about my trades this is just you, to say that <clears throat> you can you can shit on me all you want for the, the, no the, the, it's not the it's not really that about that it's more about the reality is you have time to pivot off of your misses you you don't have to sit there and have like people want to uh, look back and say, okay, look at the class. If you drafted the whole class, this is what you had. Yes, if you sit here two years, three years from now when some of these players are cemented in value and you've had one, two, three years to pivot off of them, yeah, if you held those players for all that time, you're going you're gonna to take some pretty big L's. You're also going to take some pretty big dubs. But 
you don't have to take the full loss, right? It's like a stock. If you have, you know, let's say you bought in for a buck and now it's down to 45 cents, it's 35 cents, you can still sell out for 35 cents and help get yourself back to that full dollar and other change compartments so that you get back to the draft where you can hit another hit again, right? Well, that, that QJ Puka one's a, a very good one to talk about on this show, right? Like We're in two opposite ends of the spectrum here when we made that trade, right? QJ's doing this. Puka's doing this. And this is where we met. Right? Mm-hmm. QJ was at, what, 85 cents? Yeah. And Puka was on his ascent at 85 cents. And Puka like, was from... Equitable. He was from two pennies to 85 cents, right? So it's right. like, okay, if we, we you're really going to trade out of this guy who just dipped a little bit for a guy that's at the moon already, we're saying, 100%. right? 100%. That's the art of the, the trade, right? Adam, does that deal get done unless we're on Eric's show? America's Game, talking shit to each other, and we know each oh, other, and we it, know we're dead it, serious when we it say wouldn't, it? It, it didn't have to be America's Game, but if, if it was one of these where, since we were on a podcast and we had a disagreement, it was a... You know, Mike, especially if you listen 100 episodes in, you know, he's right or wrong. He's going to put his money where his mouth is. By the way, this is a guy. um, This is uh, both a knock and some love. This is a guy that traded away Brock Purdy shares like they were going out of style for second round picks. All off. Third rounders, too. Third rounders in the very start that's still in the playoffs in 20 of 28 leagues. So this is a guy who traded Puka Nakua for Quinn Johnston on a contender on, on the number one team. I remember one of them was the number one team in the league. Still at the time. is the number one team. Yep. Well, I mean, there you go. So, so that'll get us into that was episode one hundred and one roster construction, <laughs> the importance of best ball, big time. Because <laughs> you can you can fuck this up royally and still be a good team. You yeah. can, you too can trade Puka Nakua away from Quinn Johnston and still manage to be the number one seed. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, quickly, I, I wanted to touch on, I'm curious, Mike, <clears throat> if you have had, if you have any, I just want to touch on a few things, if you have any, before we get out of here on episode 100. Like actual specifics or things, whether it's in the macro or the micro game, that you have been able to implement like actual strategies or things that you've been able to take advantage of or find opportunities to do like in the last several months or this season specifically that was different or 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 stayed the same relative to your process like either way but I just wanted to kind of get get through a a few of the intricacies that have been helping you get to the place that we're going the last couple specifics has been uh well the last one the one I can really think of for this year that I've implemented is I've tried to buy high more, right? We've always been ingrained, right? and you see this throughout the entirety of your leagues. Okay, I use oh, I that's use a that's a hundredth episode, huge change for the the buy low king, right? I will I will I will say this: you we have always been ingrained, and I use like a Gabe Davis type as an example, or Gabe Davis himself. But say it's week six, Gabe Davis goes out and scores three touchdowns. I know what Gabe Davis is. Gabe Davis then will be on your block in every league that you look at, right? Almost instantly. The second he scores a third touchdown, somebody's putting Gabe Davis on the block, right? We have always been ingrained. I'm not buying on Gabe Davis's peak, right? Like, he costs more than ever. Here's the thing. The psychology sometimes is, Adam, if I was the guy to put Gabe Davis on the block, right, off of a big game, I am 
putting Gabe Davis on the block, not because I think I'm going to get this godfather offer that I couldn't say no to. Somebody sending me two first for Gabe Davis. I'm thinking Gabe Davis is priming in the news, and I want people to know that I'm ready to move off of it. Now, if I put myself in the same mindset for other people, if I really wanted to purchase a share of Gabe Davis, if I really wanted that ability or that that person to be on my best ball team, what's a better time to buy than this guy who's looking to sell? He just put Gabe Davis on the block. And instead of this whole, like, oh, you have to pay this ridiculous price, I'd pay the normal price that I'd normally pay for Gabe Davis, and maybe we actually get a deal done, right? The the psychology behind it is kind of interesting when you think of it. Because I've been in the same spot, like somebody does something really well, and I go and I put them on the block, and I'm not looking for a godfather offer, right? Zach Wilson just had a game, right? You know how many Zach Wilson shares I have everywhere, even on rebuilders. And the quarterback situation has never been worse, (laughs) right? When I put Zach Wilson on the block, it's not because all of a sudden I think I'm getting a first for Zach Wilson. I'm putting Zach Wilson on the block because I want you guys to remember that, hey, he's actually a reasonable buy. Please fucking take him off my hands. (laughs) Please, somebody somewhere send me a fucking offer for Zach Wilson. I am begging you. It's almost a sign of desperation. So if you just flip that around when you go to buy... Sometimes buying high or sending an offer on a buy high isn't the worst thing to do. It isn't the worst thing to do in trading. I know it sounds faux pas, like, hey, I just bought Gabe Davis. Oh, geez, you just bought him off a boom game? Are you nuts? Yeah, but let me tell you what the price was. I paid a mid to to late second for him. Oh, fuck, that ain't too bad. I should go buy some Gabe Davis. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like, the buy high. Buy high, quote unquote. (laughs) It, it's interesting the uh, the way you phrase that is it, it's it's a different approach or a different way of looking at something similar that I was going to talk about and that is I, I've kind of been this way from the beginning but I think Mike I've really leaned into it this year on the teams where I've made the step from being you know in the mix to like this team is going to have to find a way to screw it up and by the way if it does it'll be my team I. Believe me, if it happens, I, I'll find the way. But uh, when, when I'm making these teams that are getting really, really good towards the top and they're, you know, either buy. Like, you know what? Speaking of ba- uh, bad luck, I have three teams that have the most points for in the league by like over 100 at least in three different leagues. No buy. You know, just. Ooh. Yeah. Like it just, you know. That hurts reality is the team, the, te- the team is so good. You're, you're like, all right, well. All you got to do is win it one one extra week and you're fine. But guess what? I've seen one extra week shit, not happen. Shit happens. I, yeah, shit the reason happens. the reason I don't have a buy is because I lost more games than two other teams in the league, right? So all it takes is one more of those, uh, one more Justin Herbert injury, knock on wood, man, in the game. So, but what what I'm getting ready to say is from the lens you're talking about, Mike. My my thing is making the other manager feel like you're appeasing them. And it's the same concept you're talking about here, right? When people come, okay, you know what nobody wants to do, Mike, is be sold. Nobody wants to feel like that guy sold me on something. We nobody, all hate used car salesmen. And you know what everybody wants to do, though? You know, I guarantee you, Mike, at some point today, everyone here listening, at some point today, in the next week, it's freaking Christmas around the corner. It's holidays. Everybody wants to buy. This is the biggest consumer country out there by leaps and bounds everybody wants to buy 
but nobody wants to be sold. And you know what the crazy part is, Mike? I've really learned this. You know, you know what the approach is from 95 plus percent of the dynasty community is? You should have seen what I sold this guy on today. Yeah. You know why they say that? Because all they do in all these offers, every single day is I'm trying to get somebody to take this bag of shit. I'm trying to sell somebody on this little conundrum. Here, this is what you need to do. Take this, right? right? Why, why can't you let them come buy what they think they want to buy? Why can't your whole store be open? Hey, look. It's an ATM, man. Money, money spits out. You tell me how much you want. 20s, 10s, 5s, singles? Shit, we got a lot of singles. You want singles? You, the difference, Mike, is sometimes can be so simple. You know how many times I start a trade offer? And this is why I like the, the intricacies of like the microdynamics, okay? You hit up a player, a manager, you're looking at Stefan Diggs, all right? Sometimes I do that just to get things kick-started. It's not that I don't want to buy Stefan Diggs. I do. But that's not all I need. I don't need to leave here with Stefan Diggs. You'll find out. Are they willing to sell Stefan Diggs? Or maybe they're super partial to Stefan Diggs. Boom. I found that out. Okay. Next thing you know, they're looking at your team. Well, I kind of like Garrett Wilson, man. I really like Garrett Wilson. All right. You want to come off Stefan Diggs? Yeah. Uh, play a little down. All right. Well, I know you really want Garrett Wilson, but like, what about Michael Pittman? You know, I'm kind of, there's not actually dialogue, but you kind of, Michael Pittman's a lot further down than Stefan Diggs. For, for a lot of people, right? Like we talk about that. I have no problem <laughs> leaving with Michael Pittman though. You know, they get Garrett Wilson. They don't have to come off Stephon Diggs. I get Michael Pittman, might sneak in a plus. Everybody leaves happy. They bought something. Instead, you go there saying, I'm going to get Stephon Diggs off this guy's roster. And 99% of the time, that's not even going to happen no matter what you say or do. That right there, in a nutshell is why the microdynamics for me are so big because I can spot that shit early and often. Mm. Love it. It is uh it is kind of like going to a used car dealership, ain't it? Or yeah, just oh a car gosh, dealership yes. in general. Yes. Like if the guy is trying to sell you on a car, you feel like he's being pushy. You know, fuck you, dude. <laughs> Try to sell me on this shit. But if you go to a car dealership and they're like Oh yeah, uh, what do you want to look at today? Well, I kind of like that one, right? If he doesn't try to sell you on it, yeah, here you go. Take a look, take it for a spin. That fucker would be out of your price range, <laughs> right? You go to a car dealership, they got a Ferrari sitting on there, and you're like, I like to check out that Ferrari. Oh no, no, that ain't for you. Well, fuck you, asshole. I don't want to buy anything here, anyways. That car dealer goes, Yeah, go ahead, take it for a spin, see what you think. <laughs> Come back. All right, man, I really want this. How much it costs? What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the price? But you get that like, oh, I ain't leaving here without it. Like, I got to do it. You know what I mean? The, the psychology behind it. I'm with you. Stop fucking selling people on deals. There's the worst thing I fucking hate is when you tell me why I should do a deal. Especially. you tell me why I should do a deal, I stop listening to you. And I just move the fuck on. <laughs> Oh, I love I'm listening good. to the, I love listening to those. I, I'm not. I've I've packed my bags. I'm ready to go out the door. But I always like to hear the story. I love to hear the reasons, you know. But Mike, I, I'll tell you the other thing too about this point is why it's so important. I think is so you, you're talking about that, right? And I think 
there's there's another aspect of this too, and it's there's a short I saw I saw a short today right, and uh, what that means is I was scrolling for those that you know have to put that through their head. I, you were pooping. I was I was effing around somewhere some way scrolling right, and the short was basically about you know is is a broke dude absolutely broke they got the bank account statements right like three dollars five dollars looking at a you know 24 karat gold chain with everything and they're at he's asking the guy oh yeah i really like this how much is this 15 grand okay i I might be able to do that and you know you watching the short you're like this guy's capping like a motherfucker he can't buy this thing he's got nothing there right and i think the reality though sometimes mike is i've seen it from people that I go to deals with too. And there's like a, man, I'm going to go ahead and use this. It, it's like if you go to the strip club, okay. And you sit there and you talk to a girl for a bunch of time, right? A dancer. She's going to get mad at you if you don't get a dance with her and you spent 20 minutes of her time, right? Like, no, I'm on the clock. What are we doing here? Right? The thing is a lot of people, when they go to negotiations and it gets to a certain point in negotiation, they don't want to walk away. They want to get a deal done. And then when people eventually won't fold because they're, st- they're both trying to sell each other, they kind of get mad. Like, why do I do this, man? I'm spending all this time. People are crazy. Expectations are way too high going in. Do you know, Mike, we're in, I'm in 30 leagues. Do you know how many negotiations I've had that don't end up in a deal? A billion. <laughs> the large majority. And if that, was, if that kept me from coming back to try to get a deal done in the future... I'd be, I'd be done doing this podcast. I'd be long gone, pack my bags of trading, buddy. Like sometimes making people feel like it's okay. Like, Hey, listen, I understand. Walk away, setting your terms, letting them walk away, letting them know that you can come back and buy tomorrow. You don't have to sell them. Mike, I'm telling you there's, when it's different, people are like, what's that about? Everybody's trying to get a deal done. And then when they get to a certain point of negotiation, it's like, I got to get something done today. Come on, man. Stop playing around. How do we get this done? You know, you know what, what really sucks is when that used car salesman, you test drive it. You're like, all right, I, I kind of like this car. Just, I'm not leaving here today with one though. He's out here trying to see what, what if I knock a grand off? Will you take it today? You're making me want to not come back here ever again. Right? Like sometimes you, you got to let people do stuff on their time too. And that's one of the hardest parts about this in 30 leagues is their time might be when I'm asleep or doing a podcast. So you miss little windows like, but, uh, not selling people. And making sure that they don't feel like they have to, that deal has to get done today, making them feel like it's open store anytime, building the rapport over and over again. Because I, I got news for you, I play with a lot of these shitheads that are nuts. You know, you you know how you get a lot of deals done? Being real patient with these guys, real patient. <laughs> I love it, man. You know, I'm a <clears throat> I'm a married man, so I'm off the market. But I think back to when I was in my college days, right? And I think about. How some of my friends were very, very good at talking to girls, right? Very, very good. Very, very smooth. And yet, at the end of the day, like, we both did okay, right? Like, I was, and they're always like, you don't, you don't even, like, talk to the girls. I said, I'm just honest. Like, I come up to them, and I just tell them, like, we fucking or what? <laughs> That's it. And it's similar to how you trade. Ain't it, Adam? Like, there's people who smooth talk you. And they get to know you, and they understand what you want, and they get you that that connection, right? That's what you're talking about, getting to know people. And then you got me, the old portfolio standpoint, like, 
somebody hops in my fucking DMs, I don't want to hear the shit. Are we doing this thing or not? It's a yes sure. or no. <laughs> yep. And that's I that, love it. that that's huge Dude, too. Two approaches to trade, right? The smooth talker, the getting to know you. And you doing. And to that point, uh, I think that's I think Mike, what you just hit on though, actually is a lot. There's a lot more depth to it. Understanding the other person's language and trading is huge. Okay, because, for example, you just said, this is huge, what you just said earlier. You start telling me what I'm supposed to be doing in my DMs, you, you've lost me before you started typing that message, buddy. You can get the fuck on, right? <clears throat> like you, you are literally, by the, by the character, wasting your time right now, right? There are some people, Mike, I'm telling you, it's amazing to me still, because they, I've seen, like, Sleeper now is so wide open with uh, the way we have tools. I can see they're in like 10 leagues. And I'm like, they literally, before they make a deal, every single time, they want to talk to you individually. Like, we, I'm going to have a chat with this guy <clears throat> before I make a right. trade. Like, literally knowing that is, is a huge thing. There are some people that are like, listen, man, just send me a fucking offer. I don't want to hear from you in DMs. I hardly want to hear from you in league chat. I hardly want to see your league like that you're in the league send me a fucking offer and that's how we'll do it we go back and forth when you get that piece of information and you found out it's concrete operate in that term become see become the chameleon i think that's the biggest thing mike become the chameleon become able this is what you just talked about in a different lens become comfortable in the uncomfortable i i can give you what my perfect trade scenario is but what's theirs that's how we're going to get a deal done more often than not going down their lens. What's their lens? Now, if they're nuts and they want to have a, you know, like 25, 30 message exchange. Okay. Maybe I don't want the trade that bad, but <laughs> more, more often, at least you understand that and you're going to walk away. If you can understand their trade language, honestly, huge, huge piece of dynasty there in trading is like, okay, this guy's straight to business. All right, let's get straight to business. We're doing this or not. No. Cool. I'll go shop somewhere else. We, We'll come back later, you know? I love it. I love it, man. Life, trading, kind of a lot of parallels here between the two. But, I, Adam, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I think that's probably one thing when you're talking about this. I don't try enough, right? I don't become the chameleon enough. And I think on these deals, when I go down to the micro level and think about specific, like, man, I really want this league. Like, I really want to win this league. Setting myself up for maximum amounts of success goes down to the micro level at trading and becoming that, that chameleon, right? Like, oh, yeah, this guy's a fucking talker. All right, I'm going to put on my fucking happy face, and here we go. Let's go Let's go <laughs> put a couple like Let's go put a couple smileys in DMs, you know? Yeah. How you doing, Steve? What's hey, up, man? Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, how's that podcast going? You guys still doing that? Yeah, we just had our 100th episode, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was looking at possibly getting a quarterback. You got anything available? <laughs> See? Exactly. See? There it is. By the way, Fizzle says the analysis of how to get what you want on this episode is at an all-time high right now. Shorts, strippers, and getting straight to the draws. My kind of trade talk. Fizzle, we're glad you're here today. Ooh, speaking of which, I got a bet I got to pay up. So as soon as we're done here, I got to get that CD, CD jersey. Fizz, you got to tell me too. Type in the, the chat. What, what color am I going with? Are we getting White, the Thanksgiving? The, the blue, the Thanksgiving what we what we the white the yeah i'll do i'll do whatever it's your bet i made you get the uh the kelly green which by the way that jersey's fire i gotta get one of my own oh yeah i mean mike when he had 
I asked him specifically, I'm like, what size is that? But he had already told me that he's giving it to his, uh, you know, discounted to his rich. little brother. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to stay out of the family matter. But I, I could have, <laughs> I could have definitely got, got my hands on that thing, you know? Would have fit too? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a large or an extra large. So but listen, you give me one of those two sizes. I'm like, okay, interested, highly interested. That, that Jersey so far, that Kelly green. I don't Every know. Every now and then I, I think, I think about too, like the fact that you're, uh, you're six, four and I'm six foot on a good day, depending what convenience store I'm leaving. Uh, <laughs> you're out here rocking, rocking a large or an extra large. I'm like, how is that even possible? And then I think of the fact that I weigh 325 pounds. I got giant B-cup titties. Well, I'm the like, thing okay, is. I get it now. The, the, the thing <laughs> is, the listen, the large is, uh, what do you call that? Um, in basketball, I call it the identity crisis, right? Like, hmm. this large is a little bit snug on you now, bud. You know? um, yeah, you could rock it, but you really should be taking the extra large, you know? So, um, yeah, well, he says Thanksgiving, by the way. But yeah, I think right. uh, Mike. See if I, I see if I can find the Thanksgiving. Oh, you you can find it. Um, we can find it for sure. But Mike, I'll I'll just say this. I think the reality of um, trading into the future for me is one that I'm going to have to think a lot about how I handle it in the different leagues that I'm in, and um, actually putting into like I I really want to think about some a lot of the processes I have and I've learned. Mm-hmm. This off season, as you know, we, we we close out the season here in three weeks. Taking some of that time to really focus on how do I better improve and make the process more efficient, like um, across my leagues, right? So, h- how do I take all this information and make it more replicatable and and in a quicker like time span? And I think if you think about that, in a nutshell. That's the whole game, not just trading. Like, look at Warp. What's Warp? Warp is trying to tell you how to avoid and lock on to certain positions, certain players, certain ways to help win your league, right? Getting more efficient with that. We have tools like crazy, and I think there's there's ways to kind of, uh, you know, streamline, make a highway for, for trading too. I think that's going to be something – that if we can find a way to, to kind of do what I'm thinking about in my head, getting it on paper with Koopa, with guys that are helping build tools, I think that could be something that, that changes the space because the reality is everybody wants to win, supposedly, but the reality is that's not the biggest reason people play Dynasty. A lot of people yeah. play Dynasty for drafting and trading, and that's just as big. So if you can find a way to help solve that for them or make it more efficient, that's what this game's all about. I love it, man. I love it. Yeah. That's something that I didn't touch on a, a whole lot too, but probably the biggest change in trading warp and understanding warp and Big league time. specific warp. Big right? time. But we've talked about it on so many damn podcasts at this point. It just it feels repetitive, but that has been the biggest one. It's, <laughs> it's second nature at this point, understanding what players are actually valuable to my league, to my format and what ones I could really just give a shit less and I can find replacements readily available so you know like it was uh it's like in english class they have the you understood like it's 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 there it's just not a part it's not actually written out in the sentence like yeah when i'm talking about that Pittman deal with using warp when you're going to do a trade that is fitting the other person's lens if they're going to get let you get a warp advantage in a trade and, and a plus that's yeah that, that's a 
easily one of the biggest parts of the trading process now that was not there when we had the first episode. Uh, we knew what warp was. We had no way to get that information quickly and have it across our leagues and all the differences. So that's been monumentally different. And Koopa, I have no doubt that that's why Mike is in 20 out of 28 playoffs is that edge is warp. big time. Yeah. Warp. Big time. Koopa's a, Koopa's a big, 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 big reason why uh, why we're doing very well in these best ball leagues because it's very easy to understand what players matter and what players don't. And some of the other trade strategies we talked about, Adam, like that's still uncomfortable for a lot of people. They're like, man, there's no way I'd trade this. Like, a warp tells me this is a smash, and it's a smash with the the piece that I'm getting back. That's the shittiest of them all, <laughs> right? Like, it's the least amount of dynasty value. It's telling me that's already a better warp option than the thing I'm sending away. So everything else I get is just a bonus. <laughs> it's free dynasty value that I could recoup later. So, warp, big, big, big thing. This was a good one though, man. Episode 100. Here's to books, everybody, man. especially if you're tuning in for the first time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But if you've been here since day one, rocking with us since episode one, holy Santa Claus shit. Thank you. You guys are the reason that, that we're even here, right? The, the support week in, week out. And if you haven't already, you haven't given that support, the best and the easiest way to give the support, if you're listening to it on podcast, rate and review let us know what you think about it. Give us that uh, that three stars, that four stars, that five stars, I don't, one star. I don't, let us know what it is. Rate and review. And if you're watching it on YouTube, like, subscribe. Turn on the notification bell if you want to know every time we put out a new video, which is, damn, feels like all the time. No, well, it is. It's, it's every day. Daily. It's sometimes multiple times a day now. Um, yeah. Dynasty Degenerates. I've, I've called you that for... Not quite a hundred episodes. I think I got in maybe episode two or three. Started going with it, but you've heard that a lot. And, and we ser- seriously, man, cannot uh, cannot emphasize enough how much we appreciate everybody rocking with us. Um, I, I hope that this episode, all the ones, including our losers, mainly our losers, mainly our big giant whiffs, have both brought you entertainment, kept you, you know, feeling younger, feeling lighthearted but also really helped you benefit in your dynasty leagues because uh, that's really what's happening for us. I feel younger doing this podcast. I've, whole lives are changing for us and hopefully for you too. So uh, we appreciate you tapping in for episode 100. And just remember, when your league mates are playing chess, play 40 chess. And we're going to mute the way out for episode 100 just uh, like it. we have to just, do something. We had to mess something up, man. Had to mess something up. <laughs> It wouldn't be the podcast. Wouldn't be the 40 chess podcast without at least one fuck up. All right. It's mandated at this point. Absolutely, buddy. We'll see everybody back here. Same time, same place next week for episode 101 of the 40 chess dynasty football podcast, where I'm sure to fuck up more than one time. We love love y'all. We're out of this thing. Peace. Peace.